Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here. Today, I am joining you with another incredible guest, Mel Hashi. Mel, such a pleasure to meet you here today. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. It it's such a pleasure. Today, you are going to represent Strong Family Project, and this is something that you and your family have been working on for several years now, and I'm super excited to hear about it because our audience will find out through your testimony today, but you guys left your comfortable life and pursued this project, this program to help other people, and so I'm really excited for for the inside, the story, like what happened, what caused you to do that, how did you feel, some of those details. And then I have some other questions prepared along the way that I think our audience would be interested in as well. So Mel, without further ado, please just tell us who you are. We love to give our audi- our guest an opportunity to just share their story. So go ahead, Mel. Thank you so much. Well, I'm Mel Hashi, and um, I'm married to my husband, Joe, of 16 years. We have three boys, um, ages 5, 11, and 13. And nice. um, yeah, we're... We're just trying to be the best family we can be, and we're excited to help others. So should I share my testimony a little bit now? Yeah, go ahead. A little bit into your faith journey. That would be great. Awesome. Thank you. So I grew up in a church that gave me a really good foundation about God, but not really a relationship with Jesus. That wasn't really a focus, and I never really thought much about it just because I kind of just went along with whatever was going on and um, went to church on Sunday and kind of checked the boxes didn't really realize that there might be something more out there that would be more deeper. And as I got older, my kids would be in Sunday school and I would drop them off and I kind of became that parent, especially during COVID, that just kind of dropped the kids off and then didn't do much else. And I wasn't happy with that. And um, I'm sure I'll get into this later, but eventually we decided to move. And that gave me the ability to start thinking outside the box. Sometimes leaving what you're used to gives you the impetus to make a different decision without the pressures of people around you. That's uh, family, so especially. Yeah. Um, and I had this whole plan laid out. Um, I was thinking, you know, we'll go try out all these different churches because in Colorado, there's a lot of options. Um, and my son kept coming home from school and saying, oh, my friend keeps telling me to try this church, this church called Radiant Church. And I thought, well, you know, I have this whole plan to go try out different places. and Let's just hold off, hold off. And one weekend, he brought it up again. And my husband was out of town for work. And I thought, well, daddy's not home. We should wait for him. And then I just had this moment of clarity. Here's my son basically begging me to go try this church. And I kept putting it off. And I thought, you know, maybe God is truly speaking to me through my child. So we went. And we've never looked back. <laughs> that's, um, that's so cool. That's so cool. And how long ago was this, was this situation? 
about a, a year and a couple months. So I think it was November of 21 when I first tried it. We had moved here August of 21. That's so exciting when God speaks through your children. I haven't experienced that yet. <laughs> no, no, I bet it's amazing. <laughs> My son had just turned one today. And so I'm looking forward to God using him to speak to me. So he uses my wife, of course. He definitely does that. So mm-hmm. if he can speak through a dog, he can speak through anybody, right? That, that's right. Just joking. But he that's so cool. I'm excited to to experience that with my son. Very cool. And you say you never looked back. So what happened after that? After you guys went to the church that day with during the service, what happened after that? Well, my my son, who actually had pushed me to go, he, there's um they call it Rad Kids. They do a children's group during the actual service. So he goes downstairs to do that, and he loved it. Um, so who am I to tell him we shouldn't go back there? <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I realized there were several families from our school that went to that church, so that already felt comfortable. Um, but I have to say it took me about six months to actually feel comfortable myself because I was used to a very strict kind of mass and this was a very different kind of worship service. Um, but I do love music and the first half an hour is worship music where you can sing along and and all that. And it was very uncomfortable because I'm not used to it, but I knew I loved it. And there was something about being in that room, just a simple room with a stage, nothing ornate. And you could just feel the presence of God. And you could just look at the pastor, and he's so full of joy. And I was like, I want that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to get a piece of that. I've, I've never had that before. Not to say that my experience growing up was negative. It just wasn't this personal connection that I was seeking out. So we just stuck with it, just kept going. My older son joined the youth group, which meets in the evening on Sunday. He absolutely loves it. And if it wasn't for that, I think he would struggle. Um, so I've just seen the impact on all my children and then on myself personally. And um, there's just, I feel like we almost got sent here to Colorado for me, for us to go here and start this journey. And I have to give some credit to my mother-in-law too. She's switched her church um, since we changed. And she's always been a huge piece of my faith journey. She's always bought me devotionals, which I used to think, what is that? I don't even know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. But now every morning, read a devotional. I bought myself a Bible recently. I'm reading it. So I just see all so these steps forward just in a matter of a year. Pretty amazing. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking for a deeper understanding of education and how to help your children navigate through today's world? Look no further than Elementary Schooled, the podcast that answers your questions through interviews with professionals, educators, and parents. Host Melanie Whipple shares her passion for education and inspires listeners to strengthen our children and build a better society. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now to Elementary Schooled on your favorite podcast app. Are you looking for a place to discuss your personal spiritual journey and connect with others who share your passion for faith? Look no further than Spiritual Aspiration. Join them as we explore the intersection of spirituality in everyday life and discover the freedom, joy, and meaning that come with surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Find more information at spiritualaspiration.com. That is amazing. So cool. It's the power of community. You know, when you could be around a group of people pursuing the same things who are trying to live set apart from the world and pursue the Lord, you know, please the Lord with their actions. It's incredible. 
to have a group of people like this to lean on. And really this is. takes us into a little bit into the Strong Family Co., the Strong Family Project. So what is this and how did it get started? Good question. Uh, well, it, it almost organically started. So my husband has owned several businesses. And years ago, he had said to me, you know, doesn't it make sense? I think we read this in a book to apply some of the concepts of business to family. Because truly, people go to work and they have very strict schedules and ideas and plans and goals. And then they go home and just kind of assume it'll just happen on its own. Um, so we started out by creating a set of core values. And just businesses have core values. It's supposed to be how they make decisions. And a lot of times, families don't. So the way we did that was we made an exhaustive list of everything that was important to us. It could be things like reading. It could be God. It could be gratitude. It could be food. It could be anything. And, and now, after, when you say that you created, we created it, are you saying you and your husband or as a family dynamic? We actually did it, um, just my husband and I. Our kids were very little by then. I think if you have older kids, it'd be awesome to include them. I'm not sure they would have understood at that point what we were talking yeah. about. <laughs> like teenagers, like, why is this important, Mom? I don't right. know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we separately started our lists. So that's probably an important point because, you know, as a person, everybody has their own individual values. And we had our own separate lists and we came together and basically went through and just saw what was most important. So our goal was to get it down to like four to seven values because it has to be something that everybody can remember. You can't have a 15 value list. Nobody's going to remember that. This took some time, but it really set the foundation for everything we've done since then. So we did that. And then we started doing family meetings, which was another thing that my husband would do at work staff meetings. So we started to lead family meetings in our family. We would talk about our values. We would talk about any kind of plan that was happening or a schedule issue that week or whatever. So we were kind of doing these things, not randomly, but they weren't really a big plan. And fast forward a couple of years, we moved to Colorado and we started to do some more things in our family and realized, you know, this is kind of a pattern that we're doing. These things that we're doing are repeatable and we could teach them to other families. So then we came up with what we call the strong family path, which has seven pillars, one of them being the core values, one of them being the family meeting. And it can seem a little overwhelming at first, but we slowly kind of came to this progression. We didn't sit down one day and come up with it. We lived it for the last, well, my oldest is 13. So we've lived it for 13 years. And now we almost conceptualize it in a way that we can share with other people. And that's amazing. Who doesn't want to have a better family dynamic? Who doesn't want to have a healthier home? Who doesn't want to have more unity between their children and their husband and wife? Like, of course we want this. Why shouldn't we want this? That's amazing. I'm I'm Thank excited you. about this. So go ahead, please. I was just thinking a lot of people don't grow up um, being taught how to do these things. It's like, yeah, someday you'll be a parent and you just kind of take on whatever you had learned. People might not stop and think, is there a better way to do this? Or maybe there's something I can learn. Um, there's so many books out there I'm sure you could read, but that can be overwhelming. So we try to simplify it and just start with one piece. And hopefully people can get excited and motivated, just like with my faith journey. Once you kind of get some good feedback, you just want to keep Some mids are going. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I got to ask, without giving too much information away, can you tell me the other pillars that you have? Because now I'm curious. Sure. So we went over the four, uh, the family core values, which is really mm -hmm. the basis for everything that comes after. We have a goal setting system. And what we do is usually the beginning of the year, but you could do it any time of the year. 
all of us sit down together and make a vision for the year. So maybe my son Henry wants to play soccer and read 10 books. And you know, he he loves to do pull-ups. So he has like a pull-up challenge that he yeah. did. <laughs> Every person in the family comes up with their own vision. Even our five-year-old sits with us and draws a picture, you know? So we all include that. And then we break it down into quarterly goals and weekly commitments and then a daily check-in, which is really fun, actually. So every week we set a, a weekly commitment. So mine this week is read 15 minutes a day. And then at dinner time, everybody goes around and says, did you do it? I love that. <laughs> because today? you yeah. need that accountability, you know, because you That's could set right. the goal in the beginning of the year. I'm going to read 10 books. But then if you have no one following up with you, hey, son, right. did you did you do your 20 pull-ups? No, I, I didn't. <laughs> get in there. Come on. That's what are you right. Doing? And That's what so better cool. way? What better way than to get your kids to make you accountable? Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes if it's a and kid, they will, kid, they'll hold you to it. I'm sure <laughs> they sure will. Be like, Dad or Mom, I'll go watch you do your 20 pull-ups. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's really, really powerful, and they get excited. Yeah. Or they really and it brings that family dynamic at the table too. It gives you something to talk about. You know, because it's sometimes how oh, how was your day? It was good. Oh, you know, keeping <laughs> so go much further. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm saying it's awesome and it's cool a lot because it really is. Like I'm a new a new parent. I'm a you know a fresh husband. You know the last three years we've been married and my son turned one today. And I'm so excited about being a having a family. You know it's so cool and to have someone who has this and can build and teach other people. This is rich information for me personally, and I know our audience are going to be blessed by this as well. So let's go a little bit that. a little bit more. So we have the the goal setting. We have that the core values what else are the pillars so that next one is the morning routine so we think it's really important to start your day off strong and i know a lot of people have like little chore charts and their kids check it off and i think that can certainly be a part of it but we've the way we look at it is everyone in the family can contribute so it's not go do your chores because that sounds so negative it's like you have a contribution you could do so for example our freezer doesn't work great so we have to fill it every day with ice cubes and my five-year-old, his job or his contribution is to open the freezer so my older son can put the ice trays in. And he loves it. So we're like, Everett, come on over and do your job. And he runs over because he wants to feel valuable. Yeah. Um, the older kids, they do a little five-minute workout in the morning. They come up and they do their job. I get their lunches ready. And we all are kind of this well-oiled machine in the kitchen because we all realize if they didn't do their piece, I'd have to do everything. And that's not how an organization should work. Everyone should have their component that they contribute. They also do a journal where they do a little gratitude and set some goals for the day. And my son, Henry, actually decided recently to add like a little prayer that was of his own um, volition. So that was really cool. So it's getting that day started really well. Um, Everyone has something to contribute. It's not just kids rolling out of bed and being like, oh, I don't want to go to school or whatever they kind of have a purpose in the morning that contributes to the family. So that's the other, another pillar that we've got. Um, The next one is the family meeting. So we think it's really important to be able to come have a time set every week where everyone can come together and discuss things, but it's much more than that. So we start out with going over our core values. So let's say you've just started them. You can kind of learn them and teach them to your kids. But we start out by everybody going around the table and sharing how they've embodied a value. So it could be, oh, I was adventurous this week, which is one of our values, because I went snowboarding, which my kids recently did. So everyone goes around and says how they've embodied a core value, or 
you can point out what somebody else did. They could say, hey, mom, you went on a podcast this morning. That's you having some personal development because that's another one of our values. So we kind of make sure that we talk about how we're actually making choices towards these values. They don't just sit on the wall and not get looked at. It's mm -hmm. very active. And then we have discussion topics, which is when anything can come up. Because during the week, sometimes an issue might come up. Uh, kids are using too much tech time or, you know, my son Henry didn't like a certain dinner I made or whatever. This is the safe time to come and discuss. And it's even great for people like you who only have a one-year-old for the child to kind of grow up seeing mom and dad talk about discussion topics and come problem solve and learn how to communicate freely. And again, every person in the family is valued. We get a lot of solutions from our kids. So if kids aren't using, they're using tech time too much, for example, we say, okay, well, how can we solve this? What is something that you think we could do? And instead of mom and dad just saying, well, here's how it's going to be. That doesn't usually work very well. Yeah. <laughs> Solve the problem. That's good. I like it. Right. So and if they come up with the solution, they're more likely to follow it. Follow it. Mm -hmm. um, and the next piece of our family meeting is we go around and give everybody a compliment at the table. So you got to kind of point out a compliment. And it could be some days it's just like one person. Some days it's give a compliment to everybody. And then we end with a firm handshake or I like to give hugs. So I have a husband and three boys, so we're big on him. Yeah. But <laughs> Bob always for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I always like to go in for the hug. So it kind of ends the family meeting. Um, and the other That's cool amazing. thing is, thank you. Um, during the week, sometimes an issue will come up, and oftentimes when an issue comes up, you're emotional about it, and it's hard to address it because you're just feeling the emotions. So if you say, you know what, let's table this if it's possible, obviously, to the family meeting. Let's bring it up at the family meeting and not discuss it right now. That's become really powerful too, but it has to be consistent so that they know it's going to actually happen and not just say, well, at some point we'll yeah, talk about it. it. <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> um, the next one is the family dinner. And that can oftentimes coincide with the meeting. We do our family meeting at the family dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, you could do a family meeting on a drive to practice if you need to or whatever's going on. But we think the family dinner is a really important way to come together at the end of a busy day. So if parents are at work, if kids are at school, here we can come together and enjoy each other. It's not even really about the food. It's about being together. And like you mentioned earlier, having good conversation is, you know, it's not just, hey, how was your day? So we try to have really cool conversation starters. My husband's really good at that. Like if your day was a color, what color would it be? Wow. <laughs> if your, sure if your day was a too. They do, and it really, you get more out of them and they get excited about it. And we also use our family dinner to do the, the daily check-in, the goal setting. That's a piece of it. And then one of our values is having gratitude. So our five-year-old, his responsibility is to go around the table and ask everyone what they're thankful for that day. And he finds really clever ways to do that. He'll go and chase my older son around until he can tag him and then it's his turn. He'll go headbutt my husband in the arm and then it's his turn. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that's kind of a cool way to talk about our values and actually live them out and include the youngest in our family. Mm -hmm. And Mel, you're you're explaining so many great things, and it is a shame your husband's not here because I do have some some other questions that maybe I think you can answer. But what is it like having this father figure? Because the the father role is so important in all of this as well. Because I know that sometimes the the father is working or the, even the mother could be working and, and things like this. And so what is the importance of the father being there for these events, for these meetings, for these things that are going on? 
That's a great question. Um, if I can just take a step back and give you a little history of how this has played out for us. Yeah. Uh, because my husband has always worked a lot. And I did work, but I stopped after I had my second son. So he was usually out of the house probably 12 hours a day. And that was always a struggle for me. I always thought there's got to be a time's going to have to come when he's here more because these boys are going to need him. Mm-hmm. I can only do so much um, as a mom. So it took a long time. But once I think COVID for us was a bit of a blessing because it's the reason that we had considered moving. We had never thought about moving before. So we own a couple um, gym facilities, which we still own, but we now can manage them virtually. So when we decided to move, my husband realized, you know, I don't have enough time at home. I'm not in the father leader role enough. So we literally moving across the country. That was, I think, one of the reasons we did it was to be, get him more involved in the day to day just runnings of the family. So he's really been he's really the leader of the family i mean i do a lot as well but we kind of the how do i put this that traditional family structure really works well for us i've always been you know i i was the mom and did all the stuff with the babies i always supported my husband in his work so i'm the bookkeeper of the company um but i always prayed like someday we'll have some something will come up for me to do and i think this has really been our calling um, to do this podcast together and to get this information out to families. And because we do it together, he's even in that father role even more. And our boys have watched us do the podcast. They're like the tech people. Mm-hmm. And they even stepped in and did a kid's edition. Um, so we weren't even expecting that, but it's already strengthening our family. Um, but the father role is super important. He basically leads the meetings. That's his role. Um, he even wrote the kids a book last year. It's um, one thought per day for the whole year about things that he wants them to know. So we kind of review that during dinner as well. But he truly is the leader of our family. And um, I think for some people that might sound strange, but it just works for us. Mm -hmm. And I guess, like you said, I kind of wish he was here too, because he would, you'd kind of understand what he is. He kind of just has that about him Mm -hmm. to lead. And in our podcast, he's kind of the tough truth guy. And I'm more the softer (laughs) person that comes in and the, breaks it down a little bit more. Um, yeah, the mama, the mama. <laughs> the mama, yeah. like the mama bear, you know? And uh, Yeah. But I, I mean, I asked that question because um, I'm in that same thing like your husband was in. I'm working 12 hours a day, but I am working at home, but I'm still not present for the, the daily activities. And so that's a problem. And so I'm trying to make that switch right now. We're, we're working on this, my wife and I, and it is challenging, you know, to go from that and to turn off, you know, to have the discipline to turn off the work schedule because I'm with family, even though I'm always at home in my working environment, if that makes sense. And so it is a challenge. I'm trying to learn that. I think that's kind of a little bit of the magic of this path that we've come up with. Because if you can at least designate certain times, like the family dinner or the morning routine or the family meeting every week where you're going to be there and you're going to be fully present. So my husband didn't used to be home for dinner ever Mm -hmm. because he was at the gym, you know, working. Yeah. And he'd come home at 7.30 at night. I mean, kids are basically asleep by then. So now that we've implemented this path, he's with us every day for dinner. You know, we call him in and he knows this is the time to shut off work and fully commit and be present, like you said, to the family. And then after that, you know, he tries to go out and play soccer with Henry or whatever. But it's really a conscious decision because yeah. you could come to dinner and still have work in mm-hmm. your head. But I think that's kind of the magic of this. It's like, okay, we have this dinner, even if it's just 20 minutes, 
I'm going to fully be present in this moment versus just trying to find a random time throughout the day to make it happen. And what would you say for those families who feel like they don't have that unity structure like you're telling us about today? What would be your advice for these these families? I think the first step is coming up with some core values. Or if that seems overwhelming, just implementing one of the pieces of the path. Try having dinner together three times a week and fully being present. So I think just taking a small step in the right direction would be great. Um, I, I do think that the core values can't take a back burner for too long because they really help you with all the things that you do as a family. And maybe I can give you an example. So our, I'll read off my our core values for our family. And then it'll make more sense as what I mean as to what I mean by that. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah, please. I'm gonna so, take note here. <laughs> uh, our first one is be genuine. So we want our kids to be who they truly are and not try to conform to something that's not who they are. Mm -hmm. uh, second, have gratitude, pretty obvious. Uh, third, be adventurous. So try new things, have fun, enjoy life. The fourth is want to be together. And this is this is my favorite one. So if I'm over here doing a puzzle. You know, by myself, everyone just kind of creeps in. You know, everyone is kind of just drawn to you. It's like a magnet. And I might say to myself, well, I want some time to myself. But then I realize they want to be with me. That is what our value is. And they're living it out. So I love that one. And also, once they move out, I want them to still want to be with us, you know. Yeah. Want to come back. <laughs> That's right. Um, the next is personal development. So we're really big on always being a forever learner. You know, school is just one little piece of it. There's so much more to life. Um like for me, I never thought I would do a podcast. I never thought I would be speaking. I always was kind of in the background doing the books, mm -hmm. right? So this is a big push for me to develop as a person and have some different purpose. Um, and our, our last one is personal accountability. So you need to be responsible for yourself and for your choices that you make. So those are the six that we came up with. And we, the kids have them memorized. They know them. We have them posted on the wall. I mean, they've known them for a while. This is not new to us. But it really just helps us to always make decisions. So if some opportunity comes up, does it coincide with our values? And if it doesn't, we say no. Mm -hmm. So it just helps to filter everything your family does. And you can ask yourself, you know, we want to be together. So why are we on our phones for an hour after dinner? Why aren't we taking a walk? Or why aren't we um, playing a game together? So it causes you to do some self-reflection and change the choices you're making to try to better your family. So like you said, of families who might not have unity, I think they have to take a look at their values and what choices they're doing. I tell my kids often, if they see a kid who's really struggling and always on their phone, I say, well, what do you, do you think their family has values set up that they're really choosing to follow? They might not. And to pray for them and to try to hope that their family can come around and focus where the focus needs to be. Because just sitting in a room together isn't being together. Yeah. And I have one more question with this, and then I want to go a little bit into your podcast. How does discipline fit into this structure? It's a great question. Um, the funny thing is, I, I wonder how it would have been different if I had started this from when I had babies, because this was kind of started a little bit later. I think, again, if you have core values, discipline issues oftentimes don't come up as much in our family, because the kids know what we expect. They know what's important. And we have that family meeting every week to discuss any kind of topics that are coming up. So things tend to not fester, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think when you don't have values set up and you don't have a time to connect and talk about things, oftentimes things will fester. So 
I really feel like we haven't had a ton of issues with discipline because we have these foundational things solid. And um, another answer, great answer. <laughs> I wasn't able to get to the last two pieces of our system, but I think it feeds right into this. So if I could do yeah. that now, would that be okay? Yeah, go ahead. Um, another one is the evening debrief, we call it, which I never thought was a thing until I talked to my husband one day and I said, I think this is an important piece. So what it means is I put my five-year-old to bed because he's still little. So we do like the normal reading a book and sing him a song and put him to bed. And then I go to my older two who are 11 and 13. And normally I would we do a little prayer. We listen to a little video about a verse from the Bible. And then oftentimes this is the time when day, topics from the day will come up that might have not been appropriate at the dinner table or whatever because they're all cozy, they're already showered, they're like ready for bed. This is when they're comfortable to start bringing up the tough stuff from school, a topic that came up or something the kids said or the the drama on the recess field because that's always when the drama comes up is during recess. And the struggle here is I think at this point, parents are so tired. They just want to be like, good night, I love you and go to bed. But this is such an amazing opportunity to be there for your kid to hear them out, to really know what's going on in their life. We call this in, I used to be a counselor, we call this the doorknob topic, because you could be talking to your um, client for an hour, and as soon as they're ready to leave, they bring up the important topic (laughs) right at the end of the session. Um, So the parallel here is it's at the end of the day, and sometimes I I sit down there for maybe 30 minutes because my son brought up something that really needed discussion. And I'll come back upstairs to my husband and he's like, I must have been one of those evening debrief nights because you're up here so late, you know. But I think to not miss out on that opportunity to connect, that evening time is super important. Um, But it's easy to just have it not happen because you just want to go to bed. So as parents, and I'm sure you know this, you can't really be as selfish anymore as maybe you were when you were just a couple. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) That is true. And uh, the last piece, which is definitely not um, the least important by any means, is the relationships within the family. So some people think of, yeah, we're a family. So that's one big relationship. But then there's the parents together. There's each parent to each child. There's siblings to each other and as a whole. And then there's the relationship that each individual person has with themselves. So we realized, I think over time, so my husband and I take walks together almost every day. It's our time to connect. That's how we invest in our relationship as a couple. A lot of times when you have a baby, the parent relationship kind of goes to the back burner because it's all about the kid. Yeah. But I don't want to be one of those couples when the kids move out, we don't know what to do with ourselves because we didn't invest into our relationship. So we try to make sure that we do that. And then also just be aware I'll give an example. So my one of my sons recently came home from school and said, you know, we're going to be watching a video about puberty, and I'm kind of nervous about that. And I've talked to him in the past about this, but he said to me, I don't really want to talk to you about it. And I, I feel uncomfortable because I'm a girl. Yeah. So I because I have this mindset of the different relationships in the family, I thought, okay, I'm not going to take this personally. I'm going to just mention it to dad, and then he needs to connect with you on this. So it's being always aware of the different relationships going on in the family. And if some are strained, if some need some help, um, like my five-year-old will inevitably come to me for everything. And my husband jokes with him. He's like, what about daddy? Don't you need me sometimes? But my husband respects the fact that he prefers me right now. It's not personal. It's not competitive. It just is what it is. And maybe when he turns 13, he will need my husband much more. 
So just respecting the different relationships in the family um, or like bickering of siblings. One day my boys were bickering way more than usual. So I noticed it. You know, I didn't let it fester. I'm like, okay, there's a strain here in this relationship. Let's sit down and let's figure it out. Let's figure out what's going on instead of just saying, oh, kids bicker, whatever. You know, we're big on learning how to- Ways will be bored, you know, this. Yeah, which to a degree is true, but I think it's an opportunity. We try to look at everything as an opportunity. Here's an opportunity for us to learn how to communicate better and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So those are all the seven pieces of our path. Um, and they're actually all spelled out on our website too. There's like a, pr- a free printable download too, because I know I'm going through a lot right now. Um, but yeah, that's what we've come up with. We think it could help families a lot. And so I'm going to have like a two-part question here. So your podcast and also if our audience are interested in what this is, how do they get connected? It's with your website. So strongfamilyproject.com and you have a lot of resources available on the site. Yes, we do. So the resource with the path, um, you get the seven pieces of the path all in a PDF, a little like snippet so you can see what we're talking about. We also have articles that relate to all of our podcasts. And we, we we pretty much just started. We're about a month into this, and uh, we're going to come up with other ideas. We, we're in the middle of writing a book. Uh, we're hoping in the future we might be able to do some in-person seminars because I think it's really powerful to help families in person. Um, so we'll kind of see where God takes this. And your podcast. Let's talk a little bit more about that. So you, you've been having this for like almost a month now. So what are some of the topics that you're kind of working through? Are you working through all of the pillars, kind of explaining that for families? Do you do like a question and answer thing? What can people expect from your podcast? Sure. Uh, we did record the first seven and release them all the same week to be able to cover the pillars because we thought it was really important for everyone to understand the basis for what we're doing here. So those are the first seven podcasts or these seven pillars I just talked about. And then we're, we did a little bit of a podcast about how to implement that because it can seem a bit overwhelming. And now we're going to be doing, our goal is to have two podcasts released every week, one a bit longer and the other one shorter. And eventually we want to do like a QA. Um, yeah. But the topics are anything from communication strategies. Uh, we did something called relationship capital, which is a really interesting one about how you, how much energy you put into different topics. What battles should you fight and not fight um, with people that you care about? So it's all going to be family related and it's not really a parenting podcast per se. We want it to be a family podcast. You know, the kids can get something out of it and our kids are doing their own little kids edition as well. And we actually, actually, a lot of, oh, thank you. A lot of our topics, we want people to ask us what they want us to talk about as well. So we always mention on the podcast that please like leave us a note. If there's something that you'd like us to discuss and get our take on it, we'd love to do that. We really want to give people what they want to um, understand or learn about. Yeah. I'm looking through your site right now as well. So I want to encourage our audience one more time. The The website is strongfamilyproject.com. You can find all of that. The podcast, I'm also looking at the episodes that you guys have posted. I think you have 13 so far. Yeah. I think 13. that sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. So thank you again for sharing everything that you did today. I can't wait to listen to this episode with my wife and hopefully we can incorporate some of these these things into my family because my wife is very accepting of this type of stuff. Like anything, if I'm going to bring it up, she's like, wow, I did not expect you to bring this up, Dallas. So I'm, I'm very excited. Thank you so much. It's been a You're personal welcome. 
blessing for me and I know our audience will be blessed as well. So anything else you want to want to tell us today, Mel, about you, your family, your your podcast, the project, anything else? Well, I would love for, for families to listen and then share their experience. And I'd love to hear if, if you decide to actually start on the path and um, implement any of these, I would love to hear where you're going with it. Because we're not doing this, we are, we have a kind of a dual purpose. Doing the podcast helps us grow as a family, because I already see my kids are growing because of it. But the second piece of it is helping other families grow. So we really hope to connect with people on a deeper level and, and see that it's making an impact. Yep. Wonderful. And if I can have you end our time today, Mel, with a prayer, I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you. So, Father God, I pray that you look, I'm grateful for the opportunity to speak on this podcast today. I'm grateful to have met Dallas. And I pray for all families out there that they are open to trying to focus on their family and make it stronger. I truly believe that you want families are the most important piece of the puzzle, because if we have strong families, we will have strong communities and a strong world. And I pray that people turn to you to help them through this process, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.